Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely, talented, fresh from the beach, tan and everything wife, Miss Southern Shell. <laughs> Shell, was your, was your uh, girl's trip fun? It was a blast. Well, me and Michael had a great time playing ball all weekend. Yeah. We had a little buddy that hung out with us. and I'm guessing I had a better <clears throat> weekend than you. Hey, you know, kids, man, they're great. <laughs> we spent our time at the ballpark. We won some ball games and yeah, good. He's having a good time playing uh, yeah. baseball this summer. He is. We've had, so we've been busy this week because it seems like we've been to the ball field three times, three or four mm-hmm. times this week. And then they got a tournament coming up next week. It's, you know, it's going to knock me out of a contest. Uh, Mark Lambert just added, I mean, I don't know when they announced it. I just saw it a few, maybe a week or so ago, but they're having a big contest at, out of his place in Bahia. A state contest? SCA state contest. Yeah. Are they doing like a rib cook-off and a state contest? No, I think it's a, I want to say oh. it's cocktail. Cocktail Ooh, and ribs. Yeah, you turn, it's two solo cups. You turn in one cup for the drink that you're judged on, and one cup's kind of your presentation cup. Yeah, but it has to be cup. solo. Yeah, it has to be a solo cup. Ooh, That's all that. I want to enter that one. We're going to be at the ball. We've got a ball tournament. <laughs> we got a ball tournament, so we can't. I wish we could because I would be there. It'll be good yeah. and hot. See, I've, I've heard that. Contest might be winding back down again. Yeah, that, so that's our first big news. Um, I got the Memphis email yesterday. It was all over Facebook. <laughs> Memphis in May originally it was postponed because you know it's in May. Yep. You know, but it was postponed till October because of the Rona, and now the Rona has taken it off the table completely. No Memphis in May. I don't. I'm not either. No festivities. I mean, they're not going to be the first one. And everything they canceled the Southern Heritage Classic football game. That's a huge draw for that Memphis. That scares me. I don't. I mean, that does scare me because that's a football game. Yep. And if they're canceling that, what are they going to do? Yep. To- are we going to see any football this year? Did you see what Fiducci, <laughs> Anthony Fauci, said? <laughs> he said he doesn't want to see football, ca- oh, football really? happen. I imagine he don't. He probably don't like it. He's probably afraid <laughs> that it'll hurt your head and, he wants and, and ruin your bubble. Yeah, yeah. He wants you to we want, we want all get our bubble gears and pretty much like a, a, a spaceman suit. And that's what we're going to wear and interact with each other. We'll all be the same color and everything. It'll be great. It'll be great. I thought that everybody you'll have your own air to breathe and you won't have to breathe other people's air. And I thought that all the big events would be canceled. So we would be able to stay at home and watch football. That was my journey. <laughs> yeah. Little did you know that was going to get football too. Right. Yeah. Well, that makes me sad. It really so, makes me sad. How, what am I going to do about fantasy football? I'm going to play pretend. I guess we'll have to do fantasy Madden football and simulate the games. I want to make a, I'm going to get Michael to make me a season. <laughs> We're going to simulate it, but I'm going to have to Y'all work. Y'all can play. Yeah. I'm going to have to make work in my fantasy stats. Play each other. Yeah. That would be go. fun. Hey. It'd be it, something maybe, to do. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we might have to start. Uh, if nobody, if, if you can't watch football, we're going to have to start live streaming Madden games. <laughs> So we we get fiber like, internet coming. Yeah, we can do that, and I get people to watch them on YouTube, and you'll just have to watch these simulated games. We're not gonna play. It's not gonna be like player versus player. We're just gonna watch a computer simulated game, play for play. <laughs> <laughs> do you get to and you get to set your own team though? You get to set your own team, and then no, you don't get to set the team. We're just taking the roster, whatever oh. Madden roster comes out. That, okay, I, get I what guess you're they're gonna have a new Madden Madden game this year. I don't know. I they know, always do, but this is gonna be a special Rona edition Madden. So you pick like the Cowboys, and that's you go straight roster, is what you're saying. No, I'm going to simulate the whole week, every game of the week, <laughs> just like it's you know, just like it's a regular. So you're going to set a whole NFL game. schedule. Yeah, simulate sixteen <laughs> games. We'll do them. You know, you can do them on Monday night. You can do them several on Sunday, Sunday night game, and then just stream it. <laughs> this is the simulated game. This is our sports for the simulated week. Simulated game of the week. <laughs> yeah, simulated game of the week. Might be a new thing. It's our fantasy, fantasy football. Yeah, it's our fantasy, <laughs> fantasy, double fantasy football. <laughs> double fantasy football. We'll do like an ESPN broadcast of it. I've got this. I've got new this stuff. This is a great idea. New I'm stuff loving this. It would totally be tongue in cheek. Like, it'd be like the Ocho. <laughs> What's after Ocho? <laughs> you need commentary, though. Who's going to provide the commentary? You can't go Madden. You need you commentating. I'm going to do me as Harry Carey reincarnated. <laughs> I'm gonna break the wig back out, the shirt, the, the whiskey. 
It's good. <laughs> Malcolm went as Harry Carey for Halloween one That's year. It's been some years ago. Oh, we were just starting dating. I had the head bob and everything. Oh, I'd, yeah. have to, I'd have to work you on my head bob. You were leaning in hard. I'd have to work up. on my head bob to get it back. <laughs> you just walk into the... Hey! <laughs> no, it was something like that. <laughs> I forget. I'd have to go back and work on it. You gotta, it's something you got to channel. You can't just pull that out. You it's, channeled it all night. And oh, yeah. I was very, we were very new dating. And I'm like, do I really want to date this guy? <laughs> <laughs> the, the more now I, I think it's so The more I drank. Yeah. The, the, the worse it got. The, wor- the more Harry came through me. I was like, what do they call it? A conduit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I also did a uh, dude. I mean, uh, Walter from. <laughs> yes. That was a good one, too. I channeled him. You and we have a friend nicknamed Big Easy. He kind of looks like the Big Lebowski, so he went as the Big Lebowski, and Malcolm went as Walter, and it was great. Walter Sochek. I gotta find that picture. Yeah, it was a good one. That was fun, man. We gotta do a Halloween party. I've been begging you to let me do a Halloween party. We for might years. have to this year. It might be the only event in October. <laughs> so, so with Memphis and May being canceled, and the potential for all these big events, I'm seeing some smaller stuff, but I'm just waiting on them to start canceling. I mean, because we still have. Um, a pretty big event scheduled for Montgomery, Alabama. At uh, when October? Yeah, it's in the middle of October, and it got moved because it was supposed to be in June, so they postponed it. And I don't know if they're going to cancel it or not because, um, what what I would what could, would concern me if I was having an event if somebody was to get sick or an outbreak yeah. was to happen, who's taking the blame for that? And what's that going to do? Not only to your business, but if you've brought in sponsors, and I think that's really what people are thinking. I think so, too. People don't want to be associated with something just because of the risk. Yeah, the outbreak of the Rona happened at this event that you were the title sponsor of. Yeah. You know what kind of bad news that would be? if it's You know how our news cycle hits? Mm -hmm. It would be all over the place. And I thought about Memphis and May. They have to take out a lot of insurance. I don't know who's going to insure that, you know? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a thing of how much money is lost just from the, the revenue. I mean, not just from us paying as, as teams Millions. and tickets, but I'm talking about for what it's doing for the hotels, the hotels, restaurants, restaurants bars, the whole, yeah. yeah, the whole thing. It's just crazy amounts of money. You can't just really imagine it. I mean, that's, that's wild, but I'm sad because I really was hoping we would get to cook Memphis and May and some of these other events. So right. we'll see. This may be, we're getting, so, Today we're going to talk about leading up to cooking a contest because that's what I've got. I'm finally getting to break in my trailer, and so uh, we've got a. The, that's the, why we've been so busy this week. You've been getting ready for a contest. Yeah, and I forgot how much work it was. And you're getting uh, a new trailer ready. Yeah. So this is going to be my inaugural cook on the new barbecue trailer that we hyped up and I got last February <laughs> and I hadn't seen or been in. Actually, I've been in it this week some because we've been taking supplies and stuff. But it's going to be. Um, there's it's actually a kind of a dual event because Friday tonight we're recording this you know, it's today Friday mm-hmm. and the steak cook-off is tonight the SCA steak I think there's gonna be about 50 teams each way 50 50 steaks and then 50 barbecue for tomorrow that's tomorrow's big, gonna be KCBS big content and I'm here and I don't know if this is true or not because you hear so many rumors mm-hmm. but this may be the last KCBS for a while in the, in our area I mean no I mean, everybody's saying that they're gonna all get postponed so they're that's so I wouldn't be surprised Monday if 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 you don't hear something or I don't know this you didn't hear the, it from me but I'm just hearing rumors yeah for the, there, this is nothing official we're just gossiping yeah, yeah I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying what I've heard what 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 has fell down way down to me and they, like I don't have any pool but that's what I'm hearing so I I mean we don't have any plans for anything else other than that the big cook in Montgomery yeah I wonder if the steaks will start canceling too. See, I don't know. I mean, They've been going pretty strong. So I wanted to talk about that. They have so they sent out an email yesterday. We we've got two entries in. Uh, Waylon's going to cook, and then I signed up, but I'm letting Michael cook. So he's he's liking it. He's lo- he loves cooking SEA, so he's going to cook that. But they sent out an email with the protocols of how they're you know. Oh yeah. Got, Rona protocols. <laughs> <laughs> so this is for the state. Yeah. Right? So normally okay. we you know everybody gets there. You have a cooks meeting. You pull your. A number out of you know usually a chip or something out of a bag and everybody lines up so but now since we're having to social distance you have to wear a mask i think they i can't remember if they said you had to have gloves or not but i do know i do remember before you pull your chip out of the bag that you've got to sanitize your hands um you've got to of course stay six foot away from people but it's all going to be you know you've got to you've got to have on that ppe gear uh, just to go select your steaks and do that. And imagine they'll do like what's the a PPE? Quick, 
gloves, mask, whatever, you yeah. know, protective, personal protective equipment. And that what it stands for? Or, I didn't know that was okay. Eon. <laughs> 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 What was that that used to do that? <laughs> it's a Muppet. <laughs> Peanut. Peanut, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You don't know. Okay. Okay, moving on. <laughs> but, yeah, so we got to take precautions. <laughs> we got to take precautions. And and the uh, KCBS side is going to be the same way. Like when you um, – they're doing meat inspection, but you got to have it all outside. You got you know, you can't go in your trailer or anything like that. Uh You've got to have um, like Clorox wipes. You got to have gloves. You got to have mask. When you turn your box in, you've got to wear a mask. You've got to wipe the outside of your box. I don't believe you know. Typically, when you get when you turn into KCBS or SCA, you open up your box at the mm-hmm. table. They're not doing any of that because they don't want anything to get contaminated. And this is just from the cooks or our stand standpoint. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing on the judging side. I hadn't seen any of that. But you know, they're those people are indoor. So they've really got a social distance. Wow. I don't know how they're going to, most of the time they're crammed at a table, in there. You know, you're passing food around. Everybody's yeah, getting out of it. five, six deep on a six foot table. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, it is six foot. You've got five on one. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> you're cramming as many people in the protective zone as you can. <laughs> how are they, how are they, doing? I don't know. And maybe that's why some of these are canceling, man. I mean, I could, I could see it. Yeah. I think it's the fear. They don't want to be the ones to get somebody sick. Yeah, I just want to cook. I mean, that's been our thing. Yeah, you know, in this process, you know, the steak selection and the cooks meeting is kind of a long process, and it can get tedious, especially when you have a lot of teams. You throw all these monkey wrenches in there. Oh yeah, it's, even, it's really going to complicate things and and make it a lot longer. Well, the SCA is real good about adaptive. Yeah. So they will change their stuff and make it fl- trying to flow as easy as they can. There may they're be they're always some, like addressing issues. Yeah, there may be something where. You know, it, it goes crazy at one contest, and they'll be like, hold on, next time we're going to improve this. You yeah. know, we're going to skip the cook's meeting, and we'll just tell everybody on an email or, you know, steak selection, we're going to move this fast, and you're going to, you know, take one at a time or whatever. I think they'll I think they'll get that covered. I mean, yeah. You could do that uh, cook's meeting type stuff in a, you know, text alert type situation. I think so, too. I mean, I... You still got to select your steak. Yeah. Pick your number and things like that, but you could... There's a way to get around all that. Yeah. I mean... You still got to turn it in. Where the the problem I see with it is the judging because you do have to be in a confined environment to because there's no um, spreading the, out. Yeah, most of the people don't have enough space. You know, like the 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 organization that's putting the the event on doesn't have enough yeah, space to spread the judging out that far. That was what I was saying. But the times I've, I mean, I, you know, we judge quite often or used to, and I hadn't in a while. But there's always a small room and cram as many people in there as you could and then there'd be one table where all the boxes went yeah. at the end of it and people would get gra- graze around that but they're getting rid of that yeah everything goes in the garbage i mean you're rubbing elbows with people you don't know i'm surprised they don't make us turn in like individual clamshells <laughs> like one ch- piece of chicken you turn in one six rib clamshells. Yeah, yeah six clamshells little ones so they're not getting in the same one but i mean who, who knows we'll see yeah. nobody knows about that but so, so what did it entail to get ready for that? This was contest? what I wanted to talk about today. <laughs> what it takes to get ready for a contest, and not just a double, just a regular contest. A KCBS. So this week, barbecue, right? Yeah. I. What day did you, did you start? Well, how did you get your meat first? First thing you got to source your meat. So right? that's the very first thing. So I had some chicken in the freezer. Um, I'm cooking Springer Mountain uh, chicken, but I, I had to order it, and it had been in the freezer because we'd had a contest that we were supposed to have in June, and. We went ahead and stocked up some chicken, so I had some chicken froze. But the rest of my meat, I wanted to get as fresh as possible, so I ordered it from Kevin down at the butcher shop. I got um, one of his A9 Wagyu briskets. I got four monster big pork butts, and I got four racks of St. Louis cut ribs. What kind of pork butts are you cooking? Um, They're Duroc, but they're not... Uh, a specific... They, they're the not brand, like Heritage... Yeah, what it is. So what it is, he sent me some of these one time. I was I forget what I was cooking. He wanted to know my thoughts on it, but it's I forget. I think it's like Win Winfield Farms or something like that. But what it is, it's it's Duroc that that's a little bit older. 
So the butts got bigger. Like the pig, the hog actually is an older hog. So they couldn't sell it as the Allegiance Duroc pork butt because they like theirs with a certain spec, certain size, like under eight oh. pounds or whatever. And these dudes were like 11, 12 pounds. And so it's a bigger pork butt. But what that meant for me was bigger money muscles. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was looking for. So they had you know, an inch of fat on that fat cap. They got the monster false caps underneath it. They got big money muscles. And, but it's a 12 pound butt. A lot of people don't want to cook a 12 pound butt or yeah. 10, you know, 10, you 11, like 12 pounds, but I like the bigger ones. Yeah. I mean, I trim it down to what I want it to be anyway. It just has to be trimmed down to four pounds. So you can, you know, you can take the bone out and cut it down, do whatever you want to get, to get the areas you want of it. So I just, you know, cut some of that, um, the bottom side, the opposite, the fat cap side off, leveled it out to where that butt would sit kind of flat, rolled my muscles out. And trim some of the thick fat off the top. Kind of, I didn't expose the false cap because I like to keep some fat over that. That's the best meat. But that's that's my box meat. Yeah, that's, I mean that's what's going in the box. That and the money muscle, mm-hmm. and you know, and some of the few other little areas is where I'm getting from. But that's what I want. So I started with eleven or twelve pound butt. Probably trimmed it down to seven, eight pounds, and now I've got four just beautiful uh, butts. And I wish I had to get the proper name of that the brand but you can ask them for them and the deal is these butts are cheaper than the the comparts or the allegiance or any of the others them, yeah i pay more for them <laughs> they're because they're, i mean they're the, my problem with some of the duroc stuff is they they spec a smaller size butt mm-hmm. and it always has that thick gristle on one end of the money muscle so you're not getting a very long money muscle typically but with these i mean it's stretched out so i mean the what's a money muscle just for so it is if you if you got a pork butt it always or most of them have a bone in it if you go to the end where the bone's sticking out and go to the opposite end you got the money muscle and that's the it's a real tender well marbled uh, section of the pork butt it kind of if it's sitting it on the looks like it has stripes it kind of does yeah. it looks striated or I mean, yeah, it really striated, does and, and it's super tender it's one of the most tender areas on a pork butt it's a lot like tenderloin. I mean, kind of, but but a marbled, ten, highly, highly marbled. marbled tenderloin, and the way it sits on the butt, it's kind of up near the top of the back spine area and the neck. So if you think of how the loins go and they tail off, and those money muscles kind of sit up in that area, so they're not worked a whole lot. That's probably why they're so tender in the in the shoulder. Yeah, and so that's they called it a money muscle because that's what people were started putting in boxes and kicking butt and and. KCBS contest. So it's a competition. It's a competition slang. term. Yeah, that's not something that you go your. <laughs> You're not going to get the butcher and say, yeah. hey, yeah, money, muscle. money muscle. But, you know, they do. Uh, <laughs> they use, a lot of time, that's used for like copa, like making, you know, making uh, charcuterie style meats. That's one cut that they'll take out of a, roll that out of a shoulder and cure it. They hang them up. They season them and hang them up really good. You can see it. If you go to the deli and you look for copa, it's sliced and it looks just like the money muscle. If you see the whole thing, you'll know it because it's about the same size. Yeah, but that uh, it's really, really good. Oh and, yeah. And so, so my schedule this week, I started getting uh, my meat came in like Monday, put it in the cold refrigerator. Wednesday, I'm trimming meat. Tuesday, we were ball field, so I didn't get. To, I mean, it was a yeah. busy day, um, and we shot a video for next week. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> It's a burger recipe. No, that's not important. What's important is a contest. And so so Wednesday night, um, that's when I'm going to trim my big meats. I don't trim chicken on Wednesday because it's a little too early. I usually wait till thir- late late Thursday night, early Friday morning before a contest to, for my world-class best trimming chicken in the chicken trimmer in the world. I said I wasn't going to do it. I said I'm not trimming your I chicken this year. I got that on my thing to talk about. Chicken trimming. We're going to get to that. Okay. Uh, Wednesday night was was big meat night. So I did. And you had Mark first. and Brian over. Invite, yeah. Uh, Mark Williams from Swine Life. was. Uh, he wanted to know what night I was trimming, so he brought his stuff over there. Uh, buddy Brian Wesson. What's his handle? Son of a Butcher. Son of a Butcher on Instagram. He, uh, he's he been hanging out with us. And uh, so he wanted to come over and see how we trim and stuff. So he come over and he brought he's from mobile so he goes over to kevin's butcher shop all the time and that saves me some shipping because yeah he he's our courier out. yeah he's a courier <laughs> no he's a buddy of mine and he does help us out when he when he goes he usually calls and says y'all need anything and that's yeah. when, so he brought my comp meat monday but he brought back um 
some two cuts of Wagyu, a tri-tip, which I've cooked before, and they're phenomenal. And then he brought some chuck eye steaks. And he's like, you ever tried these? I said, no, I have not. But, I, you know, it's Wagyu, of course I want to. That's where it shines is those lesser cuts. So we seasoned them up, and uh, he'd been playing around with some of uh, Ronald's Climax seasoning. Ronald Burns. Um, Hotty Toddy. Hotty Toddy. Yeah, Hotty Toddy. barbecues. And so he's like, man, you got to try this stuff. So I was like, all right, let's run it on these tri- this tri-tip. Just that. Just it's kind of a, yeah, so it's kind of a buttery, it's an savory, a powdery AP with a little bit of sweetness to it, yeah. too. So, I mean, it's it's really interesting. I mean, it tastes, out of the bottle, it's a little stout. Uh, you know, it reminds <laughs> you of like popcorn season <laughs> yeah. or something because the butter notes hit you. But once it cooks and melts in, man, it's just like you've basted it with butter. It's an awesome flavor. It was it was really good. I liked it a lot. I can see how that does good on steaks because if you put that on there towards the end or something and let it melt in, man, it's going to give it a good flavor. I don't want sugar but, with my SP. So so while you know we did a little <laughs> trimming, Brian fired up my PK three hundred and sixty and reverse seared the tri tip, like brought it up slow and seared it, and then those chuck eye steaks just went on there for maybe. Four or five minutes because they're not really thick. It, they weren't so on what, that are, long. What, what is a chuck eye steak? So you know the chuck roll. I really don't know. You know the chuck roll. Yeah. Well, the center part of it's called the eye. It's kind yeah. of like a solid yeah. piece, and then that's what it is. But it's sliced up into steak, so it looks. What size is it, like diameter wise? It it looks similar to a ribeye, half a ribeye. Okay. Each one of them did. That's what I said. I said if you no didn't know any better, ribeye. you would think this was like, like half a, a ribeye. Yeah. ribeye. Yeah, 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 yeah kind of like that. Okay. But it had a little bit of, you know, was it had it some marble? fat in it. Oh, shoot. Wait, I don't know what. It's probably, if I had to guess, I don't know, A4, A5, something like that. It wasn't like A9, like all yeah. fat or anything. But it was, you know, it was highly marble. And so these are, I think he said they were 14 bucks for two steaks. So seven bucks a piece. Because it's a lesser cut. Yeah. You know, Chuck Eye, nobody's really nobody eating Chuck Eye. Yeah, nobody knows popular. about it. So you can go there and get them. And this steak was as tender as a filet and tastes like a ribeye and was it blew the tri-tip out of the water and the tri-tip you know it's probably a 30 dollar tri-tip maybe mm-hmm. a tri-tip i think so he sells it was on the package you know good tri-tip real yeah. good i mean some of the best tri-tip you can get i think and it was fine it was phenomenal yeah. but the the chuck eye steaks and the, from the wagon man i, I want to compare them to like a regular if i i think that super low they i've seen chuck eye steaks cut i've never bought them because i was like I don't want to grill a chuck eye steak. Yeah, you know, you if I'm gonna grill something, I'm gonna, good. yeah, I'm gonna compare it and go back and see if it's even because it might be something I'm overlooking. Yeah, and that's you know that's a lot of things about beef cuts. If you've never had them or don't know, there's some great ones out mm-hmm. there. But I would highly recommend trying the the wagyu chuck eyes from the butcher shop. If you see those, grab them because they will blow you away. Um, I came in. We were I had to take Michael to baseball practice, so I came in after y'all had cooked it and y'all were about to slice it. So. I don't even think I saw it cook. You already might have had it sliced. Um, and like you said, the tri-tip was good. It was. Tri- I love the flavor of a tri-tip. It's beefy. Yeah. It's, I mean, it really is. It's it, It's different than most other cuts, but it's it's really, really good. And um, But it's a little tough because it's a tri-tip, you know? Yeah. Even the Wagyu's. It's just this has a little chewiness to it. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm with you. The chuck eye steak was. And that's what Brian told me. So, all right, try the tri-tip. And I was like, oh, man, you know, that's good. That's why you tried to have had it before. Delicious. Yeah, great. You know, and then he said, all right, try this. And it just, <laughs> him and Mark were both watching me, you know. And that piece of, the piece I got, and I put it in my mouth and just kind of melts. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, my eyes rolled back. And it was like, oh, yeah. man, I found something new, you know. And so I told him, next time he goes home and he goes over there to bring me back some, I'm, you know, I need to put some of those in the freezer. We need to do a recipe on that. I'll yeah, like, yeah, I, like I will. I will. And kind of exposing people to New, new, new cuts, things, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm definitely gonna do that, especially if it's econ- you know more economic. If you can get something wagyu that's economical, you know. Yeah. So I trimmed the pork butts, rolled my money muscles out, kind of took some off the bottom, took some of the thick fat off, shaped up the sides a little bit, and I like to vacuum seal all my meat or put it in big bags, meat bags, so, meat bags. So and that's what I do with the pork butts. Instead of vacuum sealing them, I vacuum seal the ribs and the brisket, but I put the butts and meat bags because I can get two or three in one bag and stick it right back in and the And they're heavy duty, right? Oh, yeah. You don't have yeah. to worry about the bones. You don't have to worry about the bag breaking, the yeah. bones poking through. Um, so the butts went in. Then I trimmed the ribs. The ribs, I, I, I'm, I'm cooking Allegiance uh, Duroc ribs this weekend. 
they um, I cut them down to ten bones. That's it's pretty simple trim. Cut the ends off. Cut the first bone off the wide bone end usually because it's sometimes it's misshapen. Cut it off. I'll count down about ten bones. Take the ops the thin end off. Pull my membrane. Trim up that backside if it's got any of that little flat meat on it. Square the slab up and then flip it over and take any of the little thick. If there's some fat on it, I'll take it off. These I didn't have to do much on the meat side, and that's it for ribs. I mean, you can trim four slabs of ribs real quick. Yeah, you know, ten fifteen minutes. Um, the brisket's the one that takes a while. So you I get, started y'all with, get pretty aggressive on competition brisket trimming. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Oh man, I've got to. I need to get that meat froze. What meat? Because all the trimmings. Oh, the trimmings meat. Was I, that all? I stuck it in a, in another meat bag and put it back in the fridge. Because so Mark Mark trimmed his his weighed like eighteen, almost nineteen pounds. Mine weighed almost seventeen pounds. So we had some monster briskets, and I bet you we got. I bet you there's 10 pounds of trim. And then we didn't keep, you know, you don't keep all of it, silver skin, stuff like that. You're, I'm talking about good meat to grind. I bet I've got 10 pounds of, of eight, nine Wagyu. And you you started with 17 is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, my mark, so 17 and 19. So what is that? Oh, okay. Just say oh, almost 40 okay. pounds. I, okay. got, I got 10 pounds of meat because Mark, cause Mark gotcha. said he had plenty in his freezer. So I'm going to grind it and make burgers with yes. it. Probably mix it with a little ground chuck. Yes, just those to, make the... But I don't want to go bad, so. Okay, as soon as I get home. We might need to Take vacuum, care of just vacuum seal it, yeah. and we'll put it in the freezer, and then I'll thaw it out and grind it, and we'll package it. <laughs> we have just enough room to probably fit it since you removed the chicken. <laughs> so, so trimming the brisket. When I started with this 17, almost 17-pound brisket, um, I always get it out of the package, use paper towel, clean it up, get all the liquid off of it, and got it on a big cutting board. And I do this in my kitchen. In the, you know, controlled AC environment, not outside <laughs> on a table or anything like that. Because, and I trim early, like on Wednesday, because I want to know the quality of my meat. If there's anything goes wrong, I still got a day or two where I can, you know, scramble and go find me something else to What's cook. What's wrong? Like that it's gone bad? Yeah, if it's gone bad, if it's got a nasty butcher cut in it, if it if it's just too thin, if it, you know, if there's something that I don't like about, I don't like about it, I can go find me some more meat. And typically, you know, it's usually it's money muscles or bris. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, typically, it's money muscles or brisket that I'm not satisfied with if something goes wrong and I'll go, you know, find something else. But it don't happen very often, especially since I started sourcing meat. Like if you buy expensive Snake River Farms brisket or A9 from Kevin or something like that, you're probably not going to have to go find something else. Mm-hmm. But if you were just to go to Sam's or Costco and grab a brisket, you had it in the freezer and you thawed it out or something, you might have to back up and punt. I mean, yeah. it just happens. But so that's why I trim early. And so when I get to cutting that brisket, the first thing I do is kind of separate the thick area of fat from the flat to the point, And I completely separate them. And I All be, the way I'm really careful. I'm, t- I'm trimming my flat off. And so I start with that thick vein that kind of separates them, and I use my hands first and kind of pull it apart. And then I get my knife, and I keep it closer to the point and kind of angling down with the flat because I do not want to mess up that flat. That is the piece. If I screw the point up, it's no big deal. I mean, burn ends don't have to go in the box, but I do not want to mess my flat up. So I keep my knife flat, and I keep it angled up against the point and take it down and take that whole flat off. And then I usually put the point to the side and work on the flat first. Then I will go to the thin edge, usually the far end, the far thin end, square that off. And then I'll get my box size and I'll take my sides down. That gives me my true shape of my brisket. And so all that's great meat, but it's thin. It's too wide for the box. And I don't want to cook it like that because I don't want to have to cut the edges off. I want that bark all the way around my brisket when I put it in a box. So I trim it to box size when I'm trimming. So I keep that. Keep the trim. That's our grind. And then when I get that done, I'll flip it over to the fat side, and that's when I can clean up that. And I like to keep um, not not necessarily a quarter inch of fat on the flat, but some fat because that fat's kind of uh, insurance to me. The way I cook it, I keep cook it fat down. And, and I it's think kind people of, like a little fat. Well, I think a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I don't. We don't trim it up. We, you know, we leave a trace of fat because yep. it, I think a good brisket slice. It's got bark all the way around. It's got a little smoke ring, not mm-hmm. too deep. And then perfectly cook, pull apart with a little trace of fat on bottom. Yeah. That, to me, that's ideal. That's a nine brisket. Yeah. To me, if I'm eating brisket, that's what I want. 
So once I get the 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 bottom fat to where I want it, I'll flip it back over and take take my time and get the sinew and all the little silver skin pieces and fat pieces off the top of the flat because that's the money the money side yeah. of the flat. That's where <laughs> you're, that's where you're gonna make your bark. And if you leave some of that stuff and it don't render, it'll crack up and it can make it real ugly on top. It'll take the bark off. Yeah, it'll take it'll take the bark off sometimes. Yeah. So that's the, you really want to take the time and get as much of it off as possible. Now you could trim on a brisket all day, or I can. <laughs> I always see something, you know. But but once I get the flat done, I move on to the point, and it's more about taking fat off because it is marbled through and through. And if you ever seen this Agu Way Nine, it's just it's crazy marbled. I mean, it's all through it. So you don't need any of the excess on it. So I remove every bit of outer fat. And it takes it down to a piece that looks about like a steak. I usually square it up, and it's like a little, looks like a little rectangle of a steak. It looks like a skirt steak or a kind flat, flat iron, iron flat yeah. iron, yeah, kind of, but just massively marbled, mm-hmm. and you can see the cross cut in it. And once I get that done, I put them in a vacuum seal bag and suck them down tight and stick it back in the cold fridge, and it's ready to go in the ice chest on yep. contest day. And so, that, I mean, the brisket process is trimming about an hour. That's the ghost. I heard a door. Sorry. Hey, buddy. But uh, so that's that's brisket. I mean, it's not it's not super difficult. But then we get to where you bring in the master. Oh God! And this is usually on Thursday night. This is sucking up. And you've got to have you got you to just have somebody trimming chickens. So you've much. got to have somebody you know what they're doing when you're putting them in charge of chicken because chicken. Everybody says because chicken goes first, they overlook it. Chicken is the absolute most important category <laughs> that we cook. He still, it's I said first, I wasn't doing anything with chicken. I ended up trimming it. Now he's trying to keep flattering me into <laughs> cooking it. <laughs> it is. It is critical. <laughs> That you really, really, really concentrate on chicken. Anybody can cook brisket. Anybody can cook ribs. <laughs> but chicken, <laughs> chicken is the one. skill, is you the, know, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> chicken is the one category. A lot of it's in the trim. You got to get a perfect piece of chicken. You got to trim it right. And you got to know how to cook it. I just so happen to be you, married to you know how the to world's best chicken cooker. <laughs> and, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the world's best chicken cooker. Best one I know. Best one that's welcome in my trailer. <laughs> you just hate doing it so much. I said no. all week, I was like, I am not trimming that chicken, Malcolm. I'm not trimming it. I don't even know how I ended up trimming it. So I said, what day do you want me to take the chicken out of the freezer? <laughs> do you want uh, one of these cutting boards or you want one of the plastic? Ones? I'll get your knife ready for you. you I can't, all I know I can't is say I have, no to you. All I know is I have a whole pan. You know, So we cook 12 pieces of chicken thighs. Um and I have a pan vacuum sealed of beautiful, beautiful chicken. That's and I also, good. and then when I it's said. It's already got a call. They already got killer hogs in the top 10 and, of chicken. And then when I, I said, okay, I'm going to trim it, but I'm not going to scrape the skin. And as soon as I got into it, I had scrape to. The scrape the skin. So, okay. So I walked through my brisket trim. Tell me or tell everybody out there that's hanging out with us to how you trim chicken. Um, You get a thigh. First off. We, bone in, skin on, thigh. Yeah. And we have used commodity, just regular oh, yeah, supermarkets. Oh, yeah, that used to be my go-to. These, we use Springer Mountain, too. It's like all natural. Yeah, Springer Mountain was really expensive, and they were getting to a bad habit. I think so many people were ordering those Springer Mountain thighs. You'd get, like, one monster chicken thigh, and then you get three little chicken thighs because yeah. it would come in a four-pack. You'd have to end up buying 40 of them yeah, to, <laughs> to get, get 12. Because the key to cooking chicken is they all have to really be um, – you want them to cook evenly at the same rate, so they all kind of need to be the same size. You know, that's important. And so, they, you want them to look good in the box, so they all kind of need to be the same size in the box. And but that's you, what you look for, so that's yeah. why you go through so many pieces. Yeah. We usually take what? We had 20. Yeah, we I laid out five packs 12. of four to get, yeah. Yeah, 20. Is that normal, 12. 20 yeah. to get 12? Yeah. That When we buy the two big packs at, at Kroger, yeah. there's it's something around there. Yeah. yeah. It might be a little more than 20, but yeah. Um, but you flip it over, you remove Skin the- Skin down. Oh, yeah, skin down, bone up. You remove that little, I, I wouldn't call it an oyster. It's a, usually a discolored little triangle m- muscle right there. You cut it off the bone. You I reach in there and pull the um, the veins in the cartilage, I guess, that, that run right underneath that muscle. So Because you don't want the judge to bite that. Yeah, it's a bad bite. Um, you flip. I pull the skin all the way off and trim up the uh, chicken thigh. Um, there's some big globs of fat on either side usually, and I cut those off. 
because you don't want a judge bite in that. Just straight straight off, yeah. eating them up. Well, I just try to. Oh, scrape yeah, it off. Kind of scrape it off because I don't want to pull too much meat off the end where you bite. You yeah. know, and then you square it up. Try to get it as square as possible. What do you do on the bone end? Like I pop the. I usually pop the knuckle. I get the knife and pop the knuckle. So you use it if it needs it. You are using like that six inch. Uh, you don't want a flexible knife. You yeah, want a pretty stiff blade. Stiff blade, yeah, six inch that you can hit with your yeah. hand and pop right through that bone. Yep. But you don't cut the knuckle off the bone. You're just talking like if, if there's it, anything left in the joint, right? Yes. If they left anything on the joint, sometimes you don't have to do that. Yeah. You just want to square it up as much as possible, and you want to avoid trying to cut in too far into the bone because it'll let that marrow leach out and. It'll, it's not it'll good. put a dark streak right back down the bone where the marrow cooks out. Yeah, yep. it, it's an unappetizing look. Yeah, and then the you scrape good, the though. skin. Oh yes, it's Stick delicious. <laughs> you just don't want to give it some picky. You don't yeah. want to give it to some Karen. Yeah, barbecue Karen. <laughs> barbecue Karen over there judging you. <laughs> and then you scrape the skin. So how do you scrape the skin? People yeah. might not know. Oh, I'm sure. So. <laughs> People, if you've never done competition barbecue, you're going to be like, this is absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. <laughs> Trying to get this fat off this thin piece of membrane. Yeah. So you take the skin, you lay it down uh, where the it's fat up and the skin's on the bottom. And you take a stiff bladed six inch sharp knife and you have to hold it, hold it at the right angle and put the right pressure down. And you just. And you get off this. You would be surprised. Oh, it's just mounds. It's like a, you could imagine a golf ball mound of, or. Maybe bigger than a golf ball in some thighs. This is yeah. off a little thigh, man. We're talking yeah. two to three ounce thigh, probably. No, 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 no. It's like six ounce. Oh, it's a six ounce thigh? Yeah, okay. I, I shoot for six ounce at the end of weight. Six, okay. five and so a half to six and a half. And so how much fat? You probably get a couple a ounces go- of yeah, fat. Yeah, I'd say a golf ball size. Yeah, yeah. a mound of just chicken fat. But it fat. didn't weigh much. It's just So the reason why you need an expert to take this fat off is because it will make the skin rubbery. And removing that fat, creates bite through chicken skin it, after we cook it. It basically is like, by the time I get done scraping it, it's like a little thin piece of tissue that you just lay over on the meat. And as it cooks, it just like, sticks to it. It just adheres to it. So when you do bite it, once it's cooked and you bite it, it just melts away. It can't help. It yeah. can't help but tear. It can't help it's but not gonna bite pull through. Off. Yeah, it's, it's not, not going to pull off in yeah. one piece. And um, is there anything else you do? No, that's about it. But that's I do it. shoot. I didn't weigh them last night because I was like, I'm not weighing them. At the very least, I'm not weighing. If I get 11th, it's because we didn't weigh. That's all right. But I usually weigh each thigh to make sure it's hitting. I'm looking for the most, uh, you know, the most, uh, if I can get 12 pieces, they're as close as possible in size. Yeah. As close to six? As close to six. Six is the perfect ounce. Five and a half to six and a half is my range, but the closer I can get to six, that's fine. And if something's a little over, I might trim a little extra, you know, because I want them to cook evenly. And at the same rate. So once we once Rochelle gets this chicken perfectly trimmed, they look like little pillows. Yeah, is what I and they all look the same. Up. They yeah. all they're all gonna cook the same. We put them back in a little half pan, aluminum half pan. Line them up. You can get twelve of them in there. It's like three rows of four. Yep. Stacked tight. And so what that does is keeps that skin from wanting to draw up even more. That's why we stack them in there mm-hmm. like that. Because we spread them out. You just put nine pieces. They're gonna flatten out. The skin can draw up. That's where you get the little postage stamp look. But having them stack 12 in that pan keeps, keeps them, tight. them tight. Yeah. yeah. Then we put them in a vacuum seal bag, suck them down, and they go back in the cold part of the fridge, and then they're ready to go to the contest and get judged. Yep. So. And if you're going to trim chicken, um, the colder you have it, the better you are. If they're if it's a little bit icy, everything, the the fat scrapes easier. The you know Everything just works so much better. Yeah. The hotter it gets. Like that fat starts heating up and getting mushy and this and see that was so I had good. I don't mind if the chicken's froze. But you go get it at the supermarket, most of the time it's not. Yeah. It's thawed out. And, and I really don't like to freeze it then. But when I order it from Springer Mountain, they blast chill it. And so it's frozen better, it has preserves more juice in it. And then when you let it catch it halfway thawed out, that's when Shell likes to work it. Because it's not as nasty, it's not as messy. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about chicken going bad. Yep. It's still ice cold, and then we stick it, we vacuum seal it, stick it back in. It's going to last another day or two, other than having it completely thawed out. Yeah. So and when we get to a contest. Don't ever try to trim chicken at a contest. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> it's the so worst, especially how hot and outside, not even in the trailer. It is nasty. We've done that before. 
Yeah, and one thing you got to think about when we trim all this stuff is where you're throwing all your scraps because it will get your garbage. It's another one of those, like the hog thing we talked about last week. It'll be right. So I try to, if There's I can. There's been a contest where we like we were in a hurry. This is at our old house, which is really small. It was a really small I know house. Exactly what you're fixing to tell. We were in a hurry and we packed up and we left. I'm sure I woke up Friday morning and, and trimmed chicken that morning. Yeah. We were in a rush, and we got out, and then we spent the night and come back. I don't even know if we came back Saturday night. It might have been Sunday morning yeah. by the time we got back, um, depending on how far we were traveling. But we walked in the door, and it was like death. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and there it sit when we turned the corner to the kitchen, the garbage can. It just kept getting stronger the closer you got to the garbage can. Oh, man. I can't take it. We left chicken trimmings. In just in the garbage can now, but it, it was, was a lie. man, it was nasty. <laughs> so you can imagine what it's doing outside in your trash bin, waiting on trash day. So what I'd like to do is put it all back in a zip. Like I get those two and a half gallon bags, and anything that's real scrap, like going to the trash, I'll put in that. Close that up, stick it in the freezer, and freeze it. And make sure you label it. Because that's a bad thing, throwing <laughs> out thinking you're going to cook something. Make sure you put oh, on there trash. Like but that way on trash day, you can go get it that morning, throw it in there, and it don't mess your trash up. That's just that's for people all that? That pro, have, tip, pro tip. That's for people that have room in their freezer. <laughs> yeah, that's for people that have room in the freezer. Now. Yeah, of course we don't. I mean, you can put it in the fridge, keep it ziplocked yeah. up down in the drawer, and then throw it away on trash day too. But if you just go throwing it out there, say your trash runs on Tuesday and you trim on Wednesday – you got a pretty good stretch where you're fixing to attract all the flies in the world. There's no telling what kind of critters. Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't let your trash get knocked over by a strong wind. Coyote. Oh man. Oh, and having to pick it up. Having to pick it up. Yeah, it's happened. I, I do I, another story. I used to would take it to the contest and throw it away first thing. That's I would, what I was gonna say. I would travel with my trash bag and then after the meat inspection, we got our trash receptacles. That's the first thing I put in it. With my trims from home. Yeah. Just so get them. Oh, I don't want to deal, deal with them. I mean, everybody's throwing meat. And, yeah, everybody's yeah, throwing it, scraps. It ain't like it's nothing bad. They're it, dealing yeah. with it, yeah. I didn't let it set out for three days and throw it in there. It's been, you know. There was one contest we went to, and we threw it into a trash can, and it was kind of a half-full trash can. And then, I guess it was a bum, came through and was looking for cans. Oh, he was digging through it? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember Waylon going, <laughs> but he, he just kept watching him. But <laughs> like, had to watch. Uh. <laughs> but so I was going to talk a little bit about um, my procedures on what I'm going to cook. I mean, is that okay with you? Yeah. Uh, uh, I did want to talk about how you got the new trailer ready, everything it took to get to your well, new trailer ready. So Jamie helped me out a lot with that. Uh, we had to fire up the new pit because I'm not, you know, I had to make sure everything's working with the pit. I wanted to get some smoke in it. wanted to get some season on it. Didn't cook anything. We just fired it and ran it. We ran, um, we tested all, he tested all the water system in it because it's got, um, it's got three separate hold tanks. He wanted to make sure nothing was leaking. The, we got the shower working and it's got, so we've got one of these on-demand water heaters in it instead of like the old traditional, like we had in our old trailer yeah. where you can set the temp and it gives you hot water. And he said it was, that was a challenge because he was going by the manual and the manual was completely wrong. <laughs> he said he ended up like, he's like, man, we got problems. This thing don't work. And, but he said he watched a YouTube video in it and it's, imagine that. And he yeah. saw how to do it. Cause you had to blend the water just right. And you had to turn it. But he said that water. Do you have to do that each time? No, 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 just it's just set. It set. Yeah, so you can dial it in. Like right now he's got it like on 80, and you could dial it up. But he said, I think it goes to 130, but he said he put a thing on it. He said it had to be 180 degrees. He said it'll hurt you. Like it will put you in It'll burn yeah. your skin. It's so, it gets so hot. So he told me, you got whoever, if you're taking a shower, you know, you got to be real careful with it because if you go to adjusting it, you can hurt yourself. But that, I mean, I guess I've never had one of those on-demand water heaters, but he said it, it was impressed him with how hot it got. How fast does it get? Hot. I don't know. I hadn't I hadn't seen that yeah. part yet. He was doing all that. Uh, he installed two TVs. I went and bought some little thirty two inch TVs and wall brackets. So. You gotta have your TVs if you're barbecuing. Yeah. I got to. I, I mean, I gotta have my uh, Madden simulation for my football. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get me a PlayStation to put in there just so I can simulate Madden games while we're barbecuing. That's usually what we watch is football in the yeah. fall. So I'll put Michael in charge of that. He's gonna be the football commissioner. This will be my Madden commissioner, <laughs> Commissioner Mike. He's a good one. I can, yeah. He'd get into it. 
But um, so and then you had to get mattresses. Had, I had to get mat. Yeah, I had to get a mattress and bed covers and all the supplies and all that takes time and yeah. and trips and moving stuff around. I got the drone. I got the, I got the best chicken cooker in the world's drone on there. <laughs> I got the generator ready to go. We ran it with. It's got two ACs, so we didn't know if the generator pulled two ACs. And so Jeremy hooked up one and was running, and it loaded fine. But usually I run my generator on Eco, just trying to save gas and, you know, hours on the generator or whatever. So he plugged the, the other one. So I had them split up my circuits um, for the AC. Instead of putting everything on the same – instead of putting two ACs on the same panel, I've got one at the main AC and, like, all the other electrical on, like, a 30-amp panel. And that plugs into the generator, typical – 30 amp twist plug or whatever. And then the other AC for the bedroom unit has its own dedicated like 110 plug. And so it's the where you can get AC if, if everything else goes wrong and still get AC with that to keep us cool. And so Jamie plugged it into the generator too with its own cord and left it on eco to see what it would do. And it never cycled, it never over revved or anything or went off eco. So it's pulling two AC units hot as it is here in June and what I like about these units is they have thermostats on them, so you can set it just like your house. It's not like high and low. No, like yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, they're heat stripped, remote control. Oh my gosh! I mean, really? Yeah, only the best for you. That's why you know I got you. I got so I got you a bed, got you a bathroom with a hot shower, hot as you want to get it. Got you some remote controlled AC, a toilet. The I am number happy. one chicken cooker drum in the world. There's just no reason for all you need is some snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get some Googles, <laughs> some, some cold line of Googles. What else? And there's no reason not to go cook. So we're just might have to stand up and cook some practice runs just to be doing it. But we might turn it into a camping trailer. I don't know. Yeah, we might have to switch hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You almost so getting the trailer cold. set up. I mean, for me, it wasn't bad because Jamie Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> but so. But I also get ready for SCA contest too, and that okay. involves getting all my steak cooking stuff together. Got two PKs. It's a lot easier. Yeah, it is a lot easier. You do no meat trimming. No meat trimming. Lottie, I mean, you're only cooking. I mean, technically, you're cooking two steaks. Two steaks, but... yeah, nothing to it. But you just gotta get your supplies ready. I mean, yeah. it's, it, I need a PK grill, some grill grates, a grate tool, something Char- to clean Royal with, Oak cooking sprays, Royal Oak charcoal. That's it. Maybe a piece of wood, a little bit of butter to base the steak. Some killer, some AP and some hot, a little steak rub ground to finish with, and that's it. When when first place, we'll get you thousand dollars. <laughs> Is it a thousand dollars? Yeah, that's the plan anyway. So, how are you going to cook it? What's I'm, your plan for this weekend? What What are you doing as soon as we get done with this? As soon as I get done with this, I'm going to Kroger. I got to get parsley and lettuce for the blind boxes and some kugels and then some beers. And some snacks, <laughs> and Michael some drinks, and I'm going to get him and get the steak grills loaded in the back of the truck and the rest of the stuff at the house, and going out to the contest. Because y'all already took the trailer out there. The trailer, it's a local trailer contest, one yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it's 15 minutes from our house. I mean, I could. Stay it's one home. of my favorite. It's a contest, fun one. It's yeah. going to be a fun contest, and I, I got a feeling this one's going to be one because <laughs> there ain't going to be there ain't been one. There ain't, we hadn't had a contest. I hadn't cooked KCBS since this contest last year. Yeah. And nobody's cooked this spring, and they might not get to cook this fall. I'm gonna get double kugels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get all the beers. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna have a good time. That's what I'm going for. Have a good time. Going back to basics. I was gonna go through some of my cooking processes if we got time. I don't know where we're. Yeah. Um, so 10, I was. Gonna, you got ten fifteen. Okay, so I was gonna go back to chicken. Let's start with there. I gotta cook steaks, but I'm just gonna help out. I'm gonna supervise Michael. Yeah. Waylon's gonna do his thing. And I hope they do. Wayland's won the last two state contests he's entered. He's he won first place. So. You know, it took him a hot minute to come on, but yeah, once he did, he yeah. won two really big contests back to back. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. Pl- no, he placed at the shed. Well, that was first. He won first. It was oh, just yeah, it was a three way tie, tie, and they had a coin flip. It. I mean, yeah. he still got first place. That's state. true. That's true. So, so that was world the last foods. three. Yeah, no, world foods was the other one. That was that was the first. Yeah, okay. that was the first. That was his first win. First grand, finally, mm-hmm. and then that other one back to back. So he's gonna see if he can get three in a row. And then Michael, he's got a bet with Mark Williams, a dinner bet. When the loser, whoever, however they finish, the loser, whoever finishes worse, has to cook the other other guy dinner. Michael uh, gets so upset when he loses bets to Mark Williams. 
I don't know if he's ever beat Mark Williams in a bet. <laughs> like Mark Williams did one where they had to eat the nastiest thing they could come up with in the trailer or something like that. <laughs> Then another ice cream bet. This Mike always ends up crying. Yes. Mark Williams beats him. Yes. I think Mark just enjoys beating up on a kid or something. Gets, Whatever. <laughs> he's always wanting to challenge him. He's scared Michael to challenge gets me. So excited. He challenges you all the time. I know. <laughs> You're like, no, Mark, I'm good. He just, wants to, he just wants to beat somebody for some reason. <laughs> it ain't that serious to me, man. I think Let's see who sit here and drink the most beers. He's just messing around <laughs> with Michael anyway. Yeah, no, it's all fun. But going back to the what I'm going to do for chicken. So we get there tomorrow and I get my meat inspected and go through all the protocol stuff for COVID. The first thing we'll do is we will inject and season the big meats. The four butts and the brisket. About what time do you start doing that? That five-ish, four-ish? Or do you uh, no, do no. I, I've got an alarm on mine. It's like 8.30. P.M. Pull the big meats out, inject the big meats, season them, put them back in the cooler, or if depending on what temperature it is, I'll let them sit out a little while. So I'm putting them on around midnight. The next comes the chicken. I get the chicken out, break the seal on it. We dry brine it, and I use um, a little bit of swine lice Mississippi grind under the skin, Little bit AP on top and stick it back in the package and let it sit all night on ice with those seasonings on it. And it really melts them in. The next morning, it looks mm-hmm. like you marinated it. Yep. And it really gets some flavor inside it. We also come back. I made a chicken injection. I just use Butcher's Bird Booster Honey. Makes just like according to the package directions. And I shoot. we shoot that a little bit of that up on each side of the bone. And then we season it. And I'm seasoned tomorrow with a little AP and a little D barbecue rub. Uh, that's what will go on first. And then they'll... Go in a pan with some butter, smoke them, uh, about 30 minutes, cover the pan, rotate it. This is all on drum, about 300 degrees. About 45 more minutes, I should be there internally. I'm, I'm probing them. I want them to be 190, 195, right yeah, in that range. you want that. So then I pull them out, get them out of the butter, retrim them because there's usually some hangers, a little bit of skin or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and make them look good. Just a pair of scissors usually put, yeah. pop, you know, anything that's hanging. Put a little bit more seasoning on them. Stick them on a uh, one of our. barbecue rubs the best. They usually put them on a chicken rack at that point. Stick them back on the pit. Five minutes. And then I got my sauce warming up. And my sauce is as easy as it gets. 50-50 the barbecue sauce and vinegar sauce. And that's what I'm rolling this weekend. I'm going to warm it up slightly. I don't want it I don't want it boiling or anything, but mm-hmm. I want it warm. I yep. still want to be able to put my finger in it if I, you know. You want it warm, yeah, because you want it to stick to the chicken. If you get it too warm, it'll just too thin, it'll just run off. Yep. But you don't want it cold either, because it'll be clumpy. So I'll use a little hot eye and just warm that sauce up, and then we dunk each piece and set it back on the rack, and usually about ten minutes. Ten minutes, and if we have time, we'll double dip it. Didn't know how it's it. looking if it's needing, and then we'll pull them out. You got your, you got to make your box. We use a, a green leaf lettuce box with a trim of parsley around the edge for chicken, and then we taste a piece. And we make the call if it needs spice or if it needs salt. That's the only two things you can do to it at this point. There's no use in trying to do anything else, and that's what'll pop that judge first. You can bring you can bring a lot of flavor out by popping it just with a sprinkle of salt, just a pinch. Yep. And that's that's what usually makes it pop, and that's how she wins her chicken trophies. Usually, under the like on the other side, I'll pop it. Yeah. Because that's where you're. If you pick it up and take that bite, that your tongue's hitting that. Your tongue. So the salt. When the salt hits your fl- your taste buds, it wakes everything else up. So you taste the smoke, you taste the sweetness, yep. you taste all the seasonings we got on it, and you taste the richness of the chicken. It's been boiled in butter pretty much, <laughs> and it's good. I mean, it really is good. Oh, yeah, That's the first delicious. thing you hit, the first piece you're hitting them with. We try to turn in chicken pretty early. Yeah. As soon as the window opens, I want, I want hot chicken. Because the longer, my theory is, if you wait to turn it in towards the end of the um, window, because you get a 10-minute window to turn in your item, um, it, it takes longer for them to get it to the judge, and it's just cooling off. I want to get there early and go straight to a table and let a judge taste it. Yeah. Nice and hot. So that's pretty much chicken verbatim. Yeah. I mean, that's, a- that's it. That's it. And uh, Fire Dancer, uh, Eric Lee, came and did a chicken video, competition, yeah, his yeah. Chick, competition chicken recipe. And it's a good recipe too. Yeah, it was it's really similar. Good. It's yeah. just done. It's done at two seventy five on a stick burner. Yeah, everybody kind of does. They do the it a little thing, different. But, but it, I mean, yeah, with variations. Usually, there's a pan butter involved, seasonings. It's, it's, it's bone in chicken. He stuff. don't. He don't do near the trim you do. Mm-mm. 
his are bigger pieces, and he don't care about the uniformity of them as much. Yep. You know, he just runs through them. And he does really well. He does. I, yeah, he's usually right there with you. Is he cooking this contest this week? He weekend? is. We're going, he wants to go to Margarita's tomorrow night after the thing at La Siesta. <laughs> okay. That's what I said. <laughs> so, well, we may have to spread out. I don't know how many people they'll let us sit at a table, but. We can do it. I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> Margarita what? <laughs> so, big yeah. meats, we'd season them, inject them at 8.30 p.m. on Friday, fire the cooker up at 11, and then usually at midnight, we're putting on, and we're on a five-hour smoke. You, uh, you rub them? They're rubbed and injected at, at 8.30, okay. and they're sitting with that seasoning on them for, just say, from 9 to midnight. So in, a, in the four cool, hours? In the, in the cold, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, usually in the put air them, conditioning. Yeah, either, yeah. A lot of, sometimes we let them sitting out, depending on how, now this is what we're supposed to be on schedule. It just depends on how this night flows. And it might be different tonight because of state contests and yeah. awards and stuff. We might be seasoning at 10 o'clock. And so or we might season early and let them sit. But I'd like to, you know, if, if you're going to let them set out over four hours, they need to be definitely need to be back in ice. Mm-hmm. But you can get away with four before you put them on the smoker. Um, because we're pumping them up with so much stuff. I mean, we're starting that cooking process when we start putting the salt and sugar and all that too. And y'all, y'all rarely leave them outside. They're always inside oh, the yeah. air conditioning. But, I mean, a lot of times we'll stick them back in a cooler. Yeah. Put them back, you know, put the pan, just put them in a pan, set them back on ice, and they're sitting on top of the cooler. If you do that, we... Or a Cambro. We put, we'll take a, a pan of ice and put it in the bottom of the Cambro and then slide the meat back on the shelves on our Cambro because, you know, you can hold them that way too. So if you do that, will you pull it out before you put it on and let it come up to room temp? Um, not usually because usually we try to get us a little nap if things are going right. And we're, we're getting up at midnight, putting the four butts and the brisket on, and then putting some wood on it, and then we'll set an alarm for about two and a half hours. We'll jump back up, check the coals, put a little more wood on, maybe rotate the butts if they need it. And then at the 5 a.m. is when we're wrapping and so we're wrapping the butts, and usually the only thing I do to them is double-layer aluminum foil, some vinegar sauce, and a probe and the money muscle. And I'm taking that money muscle to like 195 and usually that takes another hour and a half, two hours. Are you going to take all four to that, um, or are you going to take probably two just gonna a do, little higher? I'm probably going to do two. I'm probably going to do three butts for the money muscle and one butt I'm going to not even worry about the internal of the marine muscle. Don't cut it off. Leave it on and cook the whole butt center mass to 198, 200. Yeah. So it, so I got one butt that I'm guaranteed my pull butt. It's going to be the one that looks like it's got the most false cap meat on it. Mm-hmm. And the probably hopefully the worst looking muscle. But I'm going to make sure I got three good money muscles. Because I could go just money muscle. I can always get some meat off something to put in there. No, the money muscles is the important part. I want to pull butts now. Well, hey, come on. <laughs> Gonna I'm be, getting excited. I like pulling butts. And so, so at five, we're wrapping, and then right at five thirty, once we get everything wrapped and back on the pit and pr- the the brisket, I'll make up a brisket mop, and it's it's a I use some Cosmos brisket mop sauce. I use a little bit of beef consomme, uh, a little bit of Johnny's, and a little bit of water. Those four things, and I usually come up with about twenty ounces of it, and I'll split that between the point and the flat, just double wrap full, not over it in it, because that's kind of making my jus. So they get probed and they go back on. Um, then it's time to get the ribs out of the cooler. We hit them at 5.30 a.m. We're getting the ribs out. Light coat of mustard, some AP, some hot rub usually. And then that's all I put on them. They don't need anything else. I mean, you could layer some Mississippi grind or some other stuff if you want to, but I'm keeping it simple. Then they're going back on the pit um, at usually about 6.30, 7 o'clock, ribs are going on. So we're probably having some money muscles pop about that time, about seven, and then the ribs are going on, so we're in the pit. Ribs smoke two hours. Once we get all the muscles cut off, we leave those butts on. When the ribs are ready to wrap at nine, usually the butts are about done, the brisket's about done, the point still needs a little bit. Time to wrap the ribs. They get some butter, some brown sugar. Honey uh, for the money. little honey for the money, a little vinegar sauce. That's it. Wrap them up. Another hour and a half, they're done. They're holding, so everything's holding, and it's time to fire up the drum and cook chicken. And you're doing all this on the old hickory, all aside this, from the chicken. Yeah, old hickory CTO. At, uh, it stays, usually we lock it in uh, about 235 to 250, right in that range. It's nice stay, never staying over, to, never going over 250 on it. Um, the drum gets lit at 9, and I bring it up to 300 degrees, and chicken goes on at 10, 1030, wrapped, 1115, unwrapped, start the 
glaze process and it'll be turning time and time to break down. That yep. easy. That's my contest schedule for tomorrow. <laughs> and I know all this verbatim because I just went over it all last night and wrote in it all head, down and yeah. put alarms in my phone and got my notes back out and I'm ready. Does it sound like I'm ready? It sounds least? like you're ready. I got a game plan. I now. mean, you've done Put this. Put it on how much? How many KC? I know you. you we've I, hit well over a hundred. Yeah. KCBS contests. Because I remember when we. Waylon knows. I, yeah. I, well, I remember when they gave I us like I don't a, remember being at. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when they gave us like a hundred pin. Like yeah. if you cook a hundred KCBS yeah, contests, yeah. they give you a little pin. Do you imagine there's some guys out there do that in two years? I know. Like, it took us it took ten years. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I bet we're a hundred. But we had more fun. Right <laughs> but that's it. So hey, I'm ready to go cook. Let's hit it. <laughs> what else we got today, Shay? You got any other questions or anything we no, can talk about? No. We'll but next week we'll give an update of how the contest went. Definitely, definitely update on the contest. We'll have a new burger recipe to talk about. Yep. Um I'm gonna work on a recipe for fourth of July, probably doing some uh, new rib recipe. We're going up to Illinois to see I'm going to plan on trying out uh, my new barbecue guru they sent me, too. I'm probably going to run that uh, on the drum. <laughs> that has been sitting on my dining room table for I three weeks. I hadn't cooked anything. It's been vacation time. Yeah, Baseball yeah. kicked back up and stuff. I got excuses. <laughs> but I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use it on the video, and I'll probably do a little review video, too, just to tell you what I thought about yeah. it and stuff like that. And I've got a, oh, I got a couple ideas for some more delicious dinners. We just got to. You had a really good one about a shrimp pasta dinner. Yes, I'm going to do that. I don't know if I'll get to it next week, though. i got to do that, though. Yes. I know that's going to be good. I think it'll be easy. While you were out of town, I was cooking at shrimp, and that's where I, I was like, man, this is like a delicious dinner this yeah. way. So. King Carl shrimp pasta. King Carl shrimp pasta. That's good. And I like the idea of this is something you could do in a condo. It'd be like shrimp fettuccine or something like that, or yeah. shrimp linguine. Or you could do it in a condo in the oh, yeah, condo that's, grill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But, well, When you're on vacation at the beach. Where can they find us, Shell? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. Thank y'all for hanging out with us yep. today. Wish us some luck at the contest this weekend, and have a good weekend. Oh, we'll do it again next week. We gone. That was over an hour, or oh, right good, at an good, hour. Good, good. I hit. I, I rushed through all that, but that's was... no, no, no. It's...